If I spend a billion pounds, will I win all the sports? Why am I scared of being left alone with my thoughts? We've had an email from a hairy woman. Yay! Which one? <laughs> Is it uh, Patty Smith? It's not Patty Smith. It's Julie from Glasgow. Hello, Julie. You Hello. probably need the, the hair up there because it's very cold in Scotland. Well, thank you very much for being in touch because it's yeah, it's a brave thing to write in and say. Uh, as a very dark-haired 30-year-old woman, I do have quite a bit of upper lip hair. I'm aware it is more obvious if I stand in the sun... Well, obviously you're never going to do that in Glasgow, are you? <laughs> <laughs> or in brightly lit changing rooms. I did try to bleach it when I was a teenager, but quickly learnt that bleaching a moustache when your hair is so dark is tragic as you end up with a white upper lip contrasting with very black hair. The alternative to bleach would be the waxing, but this requires quite a bit of maintenance, and I'm not ready to spend £20 every few weeks to get it done. So, I've decided to get on with it, and almost managed to convince myself that it's not that bad. Anyway, as Helen pointed out, this is a problem the world has created, and I'm sure that in 50 years' time, men will find women with moustaches very attractive. Dare to dream. I mean, at that point, uh, the apocalypse will have happened, so depilatories will be in short supply. And and Julie will be 80, and it's fine to have a moustache when you're 80. It's quite distinguished, actually. Yeah, roll on 2062. Yeah. (laughs) But I think generally the trend recently at least been going the opposite way. I was reading an interview with um, the British editor of Vogue, as in the editor of British Vogue, and she was saying, I'm so glad that I was in my 20s in the 80s where no one cared if you waxed off all your pubes, as in you didn't have to wax your pubes at all, Mm. whereas now you know, there's this body hair fatwa. But maybe twins will go in the opposite way and uh, her suit look will be all the rage for ladies. Well, you know, it's gone as far as no pubes, hasn't it? So there's really no other <laughs> direction so, it can go in well, once it's reached zero. It'll, uh, as with all trends, like going from skinny jeans to those really baggy harem mm, pants, it'll right. be from no pubes to wearing massive merkins. It might be our culture that vilifies female facial hair, but it's not all cultures. We've had this email from Luke in Iraq. Oh yeah, we're big in Iraq. Who says, I lived in Ukraine for a couple of years and my Slavic girlfriend always maintained that women with hairy lips were prized as the extra testosterone meant they were, quote, Animal in the Beds. Ah, I wonder if Animal in the Beds is like the Ukrainian version of Doctor in the House. It's the Ukrainian (laughs) version of Muppet Porn. (laughs) Hi, it's Vicky and Ellie from Edinburgh. And we would really like to know what hair products that uh, footballers use on their hair. Because we were watching the FA Cup final the other day and their hair looked absolutely spectacular. And I was just wondering if you could tell me how to, you know, recreate that look. Well, you know, footballers aren't actually a separate species of people. Borderline, though. Uh, Low intelligence, but physically very well developed. Yeah, I suppose in that way they're extreme, aren't they? I like the fact there are subspecies in footballers as well. So there's Joey Barton mm. being the footballer that's all into art and violence. He's just... I, I don't, we don't know a lot about sport listeners, so we're not going to go on about tell? it. But you can imagine in any other profession... If in the course of a very high-profile event, like let's say Prime Minister's question time, right? <laughs> yeah. If you Vince Cable stood up, <laughs> no. If Vince Cable stood up and went and headbutted the speaker, mm. they wouldn't say, "Oh, he should be suspended for a week." They'd say, "No, he definitely shouldn't have his job." Yeah, yeah. It's just expected that footballers are kind of thick enough that there's a, a, a level of violence that goes alongside being that stupid. Then give them less money. 
give them 50p a week and they'll be happy you go look you can buy a tracker bar with this off you go <laughs> don't give them like 50 million quid a year or whatever well it's interesting actually that we're talking about money in, in regards to this question because is it yes because the 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 products that are publicised oh. that, that soccer players use, I should say that for our American players. listeners, we're soccer. talking about soccer. The American footballers have helmets on. That's right, yeah. Can't yeah. even see what's Don't on their hair. What hair they've got, they yeah. might have uh, none. You might see their hair when they take their helmet off, in which case it's probably quite sweaty. In the quite flat, yeah, that's yeah. right. Helmet hair is dreadful. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Are you the, saying they've got sponsored hair? No, but yes, of course they have. Well, you know that, really, if you think about it. Think about Ginella advertising L'Oreal and oh, David Beckham God. advertising Brill Cream. It's like a different world. That was, that was a very 90s trend, wasn't it? Mm. Hair adverts featuring footballers doing the swish. Yes. Point is, the public domain information about the hair products that footballers use, of course, suggests that they use supermarket products because they're paid to endorse them. Well, the truth is, they probably use ones from Paul Mitchell or Tony and Guy or whatever because they're millionaires. Fancy, and they yeah, can go to sell. Oh, they spend ten quid instead of yeah. six quid. Well, I'm not. Well, some of them probably use some special elixir, but I'm just saying, you know, if they go to a posh salon, they're not going to give them Head and Shoulders, well, are they? Well, they're going to get free stuff. They're yeah, going to get sent true, stuff all the time. Celebrities yeah. just get sent bags of stuff, and toiletries figure highly in that. Brill cream. That's that's the David Beckham one, isn't it? Because he always looks like a bit of a greaser, no matter what style he's well, sporting. Although now he's got a quiff. Ooh. I mean, I don't know how you maintain that. I, I, the thing Chicken is, it, fat. <laughs> I don't know whether these women really have the chutzpah that um, some footballers have. And you've got to want to be looked at in life with this hair. Well, I think the thing is, if you think about it, when they're actually playing football, they're all wearing uniforms, aren't they? Which is partly, of course, because they're part of a team, but it's actually also partly to strip them of their individuality when they're playing as a team. Yes, they're like soldiers. Yeah, they kind of are, though. But and, they can't and... even do like this school uniform thing of making your tie ultra short or very long exactly. and untucking your shirt. All the, which I think might be part of the... I know they're hot and sweaty, but I think it might be part of the reason why when they score a goal, sometimes in celebration, they rip their shirts off and sort of weld them around. Partly it's sort of <laughs> saying, to the, saying to the crowd, look what a man I am and stuff. Partly it's because they're hot. But actually, I do wonder if partly it's just because they want to be them at that point, not in the uniform. Yeah, but sometimes mm. they, they lift their shirts over their heads, thus obscuring their identities yeah. even more. I wonder, has, has anyone ever run into a goalpost doing that? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that. Like, like we said before, stupid. Yes. Anyway, I mean, the, the uniform thing, um, the, the only way they can express their personality, actually, is through... You know, wearing makeup, which you know, even post David Bowie hasn't happened on a football field well, as far as I know. Well, it's difficult to keep hair. it on during during the sweaty yes, exercise. Absolutely. But the hair, it makes me think, uh, like at school, boys weren't allowed things like hair gel, and yeah. they and, or mousse. I remember, like in the early nineties, when my brother was at school, and boys had sort of puffy hair, and there was a teacher that used to go around pressing his hand on their <laughs> hair to see if he encountered too much resistance and therefore detected an unnatural product. Uh, here's a question from Ed, who says, "In Sting and the Police's love letter to illegal immigration." Englishman in New York. Uh, Sting expresses... <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Not. I think he's misunderstood it. It's I'm a legal alien, isn't it? I'm a legal alien. I actually always thought it was I'm a little alien. <laughs> it's, it's a song about Quentin Crisp. It's from the point of view of Alf. Uh, anyway, uh, Sting expresses in that song his preference for his toast done on one side. Well, Quentin Crisp's preference for toast done on one side. I see, yes. Uh, so Helen, answer me this. Were the English famous for having their bread only toasted on one side? And where did this come from? I actually was wondering this very thing the other day uh, because I've never ha- I heard that song on the radio and I thought, actually, that's not a cliche that I know of Englishness. I've no. never had toast on one side well, ever. That's because we were born in an era of toasters. Damn right. But previous generations weren't so lucky and they had to make toast on things like open fires on a fork. So it was just the one side of it getting toasted. And then I think quite a lot of people 
were into that, so they just did toast on the grill rather than have a separate appliance, which See, is now proliferating. You're fighting the evolution of technology there, aren't you? Well, you're not, because the technology hasn't happened yet. No, 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 but the people who once people started doing their toast on both sides said, no, 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 I just want it done on one side. I'm happy with it. I like the contrast yeah. of textures. It's like people who carry on buying newspapers in 20 years' time where they might have to pay £10 a day because everyone else has got an electronic version, but they'll be like, no, no, I like a paper. I like my paper, even though they know that really society is clearly moving towards the double-sided toast. It's like people who now have lunch rather than a food pill. (laughs) Apparently, though, you can get toasters that only do toast on one side, but that's for when you're toasting something like a bagel. Yeah, or you just bought one from Argos and went for the cheaper brand. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a question. Email your question to answer me this podcast at googlemail.com. To answer me to this podcast at googlemail.com. To answer me this podcast at googlemail.com. To answer me to this podcast at googlemail.com. Well, that's our email address, which we've had since time immemorial. Yes, and we're not going to change it to Gmail now that that's available in the UK. So stop asking, because we've got the jingles. We've got like 10 of them. (laughs) That's right. Uh, And they're good too. Having figured out that difficult scansion, it'd be a shame to waste it. Uh, But we have a new feature to tell you about. Our classic episodes are now available on iTunes. Ah! Yeah, it's that exciting. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was terrifying. (laughs) I was doing a Justin Bieber fan type screen. That was the idea. But it's actually quite blood curdling. (laughs) And no wonder Bieber won't talk to you anymore. (laughs) New listeners may not have even realised this yet, but... uh, We didn't start at episode 120. There was stuff previous to that. That's right. Our old stuff's always been on sale through our website but now you can buy it on itunes as well for impulse purchases that's right it's, and it's the same price as a song by jesse J. so you per episode per episode yeah so you could either have a load of this from 2008 or you can have a good about the price tag I actually saw Jesse J perform live this week because I went to the Sony Awards and she was on. I bet she was actually fine, wasn't she? She's, I mean, I'm not saying she's got a bad voice. She's just so incredibly annoying. Yeah. And there's so much that... Oh, that's, that's the exact noise that is very irritating. Maybe she had something caught in her throat. <laughs> Maybe she'd eaten the starter and a bit of pastry was lodged there. <laughs> but also, um, she was going, Hey, everyone, get up! Put your hands in the air! And Never she was, works at corporate dues, does no, it? No. Yeah. I was like, I can't stand, I'm 70 years old. Yeah, exactly. I work for Radio 3. A couple of thousand people <laughs> in black tie, sitting and eating. <laughs> their hands are staying on their cutlery, Jesse J. Um, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, anyway. they're going to drop crumbs all over their shoulders. Um, <laughs> that will show up on black tie. Uh, anyway. Yes, uh, as I said, 79p per episode. We, you actually can't buy them per episode. You have to buy them in blocks of 10 for a boring reason we can't go into. So. Oh, dear. The terms and conditions on iTunes, dears, do not make interesting reading. That's right. So, yeah, 7.99 for 10 episodes. You can buy them from iTunes or you can buy them from our website. Go to answermethispodcast.com slash classic and do you know what the great thing is about this listeners if you what? buy them it's not just getting a whole load of vintage answer me this 60 hours worth of us talking oh, God. Mm. Uh, it's also supporting the show yeah. and our extravagant lifestyles for which we are very grateful to all of you who've bought old episodes before yeah I don't have a very extravagant lifestyle well you do you are wearing a very Hugh Hefner style dressing gown yeah, that's yeah. from Primark yeah exactly yeah, well, come on listeners help me fund my dressing gown habit <laughs> you've already got three they're not enough hooks for the dressing gowns fun my hook habit <laughs> and if, if you've listened to all our old stuff before and you don't want to buy it again fair enough there is a paypal donation on our website as well 
yeah. Hashtag just saying. If the the mood takes you, hashtag inexplicably. (laughs) Uh, Right, well, uh, time for a question now about an artist that you can also buy on iTunes. L-M-F-A-O. That wasn't funny at all. What wasn't? I see, yes, don't see what you've done. (laughs) Very good. Meta. Nice. Uh, It's from Chris Mm. from Durham who says, I was viewing an interview with David Hasselhoff. (laughs) In a light box. Yeah, at the BFI archive. (laughs) (laughs) Is that on microfiche? (laughs) Where uh, the Hoff casually slipped into conversation that the band, LMFAO, famous for hits such as Sexy and I Know It, were the progeny (laughs) of the founder of Motown. So Helen, answer me this. Is this true? I'm sorry to say that yes it is uh one of them red foo whose real name <laughs> real name is stefan kendall gordy is the son of berry gordy that's oh, brilliant wow. and the other one sky blue aka skylar austin gordy is the nephew of uh red foo therefore is the grandson of berry gordy just before the episode we knew we'd talk about this so we showed martin the video of sexy and i know it and <laughs> honestly there is a meme waiting to happen in us filming martin watching things a bit like when grandmothers watch two girls one cup because it was yeah. just like completely passive face for the first minute and a half and then he literally laughed like this he 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 and i've he never looked... heard anyone actually laugh like that before <laughs> he, lo- he looked delighted yeah it was it was like when we went into a kid robot store and he saw these like plus donuts with faces on that's what the look on his well, face was well he was doing this dance where he was like Shaking what was meant to be his 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 um, I don't know what the phrase is bull booty. Don't worry, Martin. Two hundred and thirty three million people have seen the video. I think right. everyone I know but you about. knows what you're talking jiggling, about. Yeah. Jiggling is jiggling is cock. Yeah, jiggling is business. Mm. And I was just watching it trying to work out if it was like a collection of ball bearings or maybe like a, a little. Why would it be ball bearings? Or, or a little water balloon? Well, Why would it be water balloon or ball bearings? You lunatic! Well, that was a sort of dynamic uh, movement that you get. I was surprised at Martin's reaction to this video because I thought to Martin. Sonic Apocalypse. This yeah, it's very different like. to the kind of music that you make and listen to generally, but you, you concluded after watching it that was sweet. Well, it was like a sort of uh, updated word, Aliankovic or Bloodhound Gang, which I think are quite... Yes, yeah, it is very much in that But vein. it's a monstrous noise. I mean, just when you think that uh, <laughs> Black Eyed Peas have taken your oh. ears to the worst places they can possibly go. They make go. Black Eyed Peas look like Simon and Garfunkel, these guys. <laughs> Don't say that, because then Will I Am will sample Bridge Over Troubled <laughs> oh, Water. God. And you know what's going to happen. I am just a poor boy, though my story seldom sold, sold, sell everything sold. Oh, God, I can hear it now. You can basically judge the next single for any of these artists based on what Sesame Street would do. <laughs> They're like educational songs. Well, just because there's uh, someone with a robot head, who I admire because he's the one who's going, yeah, I'm going to enjoy the lifestyle that being in LMFAO grants me, but no one knows who I am, which means I'm unscathed by this shit. Apparently he's a playwright, the guy that wears that cardboard hat. That's funny. It is funny. But, okay, Barry Gordy has eight kids by several different women, so he probably thought at least one of these is going to be a musical Bad Apple. So I reckon he's all right (laughs) with it. And also Motown were very cynical. I mean, sure, they produce some of the the most glorious music of the 20th century, but they treated their artists like shit in most yeah, cases. Yeah, I know, but I mean, you, you look at other musical dynasties like, you know, Dionne Warwick and Whitney Houston and Aretha Franklin and then think the guy who actually founded Motown gave birth to these guys, these, this pair of clowns. I think it's quite a good name for a band, LMFAO. Kept, yeah. One of their grandmas came up with it. No, she didn't. Yeah, because they were going to be called Sexy Dudes and they asked their oh. grandma what, what, what she thought about it and she went, laugh my friggin' ass off. Really? Yeah. Well, here's the extraordinary statistic. Apart mm. from Barry Gordy's eight kids. Yeah. Party Rock Anthem... Mm. is the 16th biggest selling song of the millennium. I'm going to kill myself. Isn't that amazing? Of the millennium. No, not really. It's like the Birdie song, isn't it? It's just a novelty song that anyone can get into. Like, there's nothing offensive in there or complicated. So any nationality, no, any age... There's nothing offensive about people 
shoving their crotches in people's faces. That happens every day. <laughs> On the tube. Yeah, exactly. As all the people visiting London to, for the Olympics will find out. <laughs> but the nature of this question, though, is that because they are related to Barry Gordy, that somehow they should have yeah. a similar musical sensibility. Why? Mm. I mean, I don't know what kind of music my grandfather liked. Well, uh, <laughs> my, my uncle... Uh, is Neo Funky Man 1 <laughs> on YouTube my mum's wow. brother he does club nights doesn't he he does yeah he does an R&B club night uh, just your kind of thing it's not really my kind of thing but there you go there, there, there you yeah, go exactly same bloodline you, you could team up with him you just haven't yet well I should do he's got 6.2 million video views on Jesus. YouTube yeah. Yeah. I uh, mean it's just by reposting other people's songs <laughs> from the 70s uh, would you feel comfortable being in a video with your uncle where all you're wearing is a pair a of thong. glasses with no lenses in <laughs> and a tiny little metallic pair of trunks I'd be more comfortable saving that for the uh, the post Christmas bin <laughs> after the Queen and Top of the Pops <laughs> round about then before a Shrek comes on I suppose no need to loosen your belt if you're not wearing any clothes exactly well now you've put it that way and i've seen a background to the stories being told by that video of it all being them having a bit of postprandial exercise after a heavy <laughs> christmas meal i've started to like them a bit more answer me this 1066 was the norman invasion 1818 was the publication of persuasion wasn't it I love that book, they all wear bonnets. I got my own with a pretty flower on it. Don't I? I'm worried though, I think it makes me look a little bit effeminate. Right, time to take a question from our phone line, the number for which is... 02081235877 Or you can Skype answer me this... So please do that, especially if you're abroad. Yeah, it's cheaper that way, isn't it? Oh, it's free. Free service. Web economics, that. Wonderful. And let's see who's called us this week. Hello, Ollie. Answer me this. Is it wrong for my friend to go out with his ex's good friend three weeks after they broke up? Because he doesn't think it is, but I think she has at least the right to be angry with him. She's going to be angry whoever he goes out with because people hate seeing their ex get together with someone new yeah but it is something special isn't it to go out with one of your best friends I mean that is taking it on to another league even if you don't think it's wrong it is um, controversial insensitive yes it's, it's, it's not uh, making an easy life for anybody concerned thing is I do think it depends how old you are or more specifically yeah. actually how young you are you sound quite young you sound like you're 18 or 19 or 20 yeah when you're our age it'd be frowned upon because probably it's a mutual friend that you've had for years you've been on little weekend breaks together yeah but actually the hypocritical thing is when you're our age it's more likely that it's been secretly carrying on for six months anyway when you were together that's the thing Martin Ollie and I have something to tell you (laughs) not really gross when you were definitely not when you were (laughs) please never when you (laughs) whereas when you're not even if someone held a spear to our heads (laughs) what if I go and wash my hands Wash your brain. Uh, when you were 19, though, it's quite normal, isn't it, to break up with someone and then really within weeks you're you're absolutely back on the market. You, now You if, recover a lot quicker yeah. when you're younger, ideally. If I split up with my long-term girlfriend Heaven now, forfend, because no one else needs to put up with you. That's right. <laughs> I think I would kind of not enjoy, not revel in, but sort of just want to have the heartbreak bit and I'd want to come to terms with it and all that. I'd want the recalibration time, I suppose, is what I'm saying. You, you would need mm. to establish who you were as a person alone, rather than as part of a duo. That's a right, Dr. Bruce. <laughs> I would. Where do you end and where does she begin? <laughs> Whereas I think maybe when I was a bit younger, I would have, you know... Just... You'd appreciate the opportunity to bounce from one to another. <laughs> Indeed, exactly. <laughs> well, here's another question about new relationships that have 
not necessarily running that smoothly. It's from Scott from Sydney, who says, My friend John is in a new relationship. Congratulations, Scott's friend John. He mm. is 45 or so, but still pretty fit. Okay. Scott wouldn't mind a crack. <laughs> uh, she is 31 and a Pilates instructor. Good However, neither of these facts matter much, says Scott. Well, it's an insight, isn't it? Yes, that's true. It's good to have background. John tells me that the first weekend they got together, they shagged about half a dozen times. Great results. Well, they are. That's Viagra for you when you're 45. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Unfortunately, since then, the rampant sexual activity has waned, with the frequency reducing every week. Oh. So two months into this new relationship with his nubile younger woman, John is aghast that the shagging is now down to only once a week and the decent accelerating trend looks to be continuing on the sexual graph he keeps on the back of the bedroom door <laughs> so wally answer me this how does john bring this up sensitively with his new lass he really wants the relationship to continue but feels that the difference in their sex drives may pose a genuine issue for them this is weird isn't it after two months this is a question that people ask after like several years in problem pages well yes mm. and it's also weird that uh, scott as we might call him in inverted commas, seems to know so much about John, as we might call him in inverted commas. Well, John could be a blabbermouth. I think John's telling you either far too much as a friend, or, Scott, you know a little bit too much about John's inner workings of his mind. I wonder whether this woman's profession actually is important, unlike what Scott said, because maybe she's just physically tired out from the rigours of her job. After a day of teaching Pilates, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Also, Mm. the thing is, the couple average, when they do surveys of this kind, I know people aren't always honest, so but they're probably honest in both directions, if you know what I mean. Okay, so the average probably works out reasonably represented. It is sort of once or twice a week in a couple. So, therefore... Really, isn't it the case that it was unusual to be shagging six times in a weekend when you first met? You know, that's what people do when they first meet because the pheromones are bouncing around. Yeah, but, but actually, really, weren't you just having six weeks of shagging in a weekend? No, but they've only just got together and mm. two months in, you wouldn't expect You wouldn't it expect to have gone down to once a week yet. Maybe uh, you're approaching her at the wrong times of day. Yeah. Maybe she's a morning person and you're an evening person, mm. John. Mm. Maybe he's just not that great and she's not that enthusiastic about it. Well, or maybe he's just not putting in the effort. I mean, that's the other thing. You know, maybe when they first started going out and he was excited that, it, that despite being the, the the grand old age of 45, he'd managed to pull a 31-year-old Pilates instructor. Maybe, you know, then... He is was, pretty fit, yeah, says so Scott. I'm sure. Maybe uh, he was putting in a bit more effort and now what we're seeing is symptomatic of the fact that he just expects sex on tap without putting the romance in. Yeah, that's possible. But again, two months in, they ought to be still quite romancy. Is this relationship on a fast track? So in eight months' time, they'll be sitting on a porch under crochet blankets, <laughs> like helping each other take their arthritis medicine. Possible that they're just they're just not that sexually compatible. Yeah. And after the initial flush of of, uh, of lust, experimentation, that it, it's settling down too quickly, and that's because they're not that they're not that well suited. But yeah, break up. There's no other way. <laughs> but is it, that's the classic joke, isn't it, from uh, in Annie Hall when they're having the split screen therapy and they're both seeing the therapist and, and yeah, uh, yeah, the therapist yeah. says to Diane Keaton, how, mu- how much do you have sex? And she says, oh, all the time, twice a week. And mm. then they say to Woody Allen, how often do you have sex? And he says, never at all, only about twice a week. It's kind yeah. of like in a way, maybe there's just a male, male-female split going on here and, and yeah. maybe, maybe she's only happier once a week. And maybe you just need to... Accept that. Uh, well, here's a question from someone who's uh, thinking about giving up on sex entirely. It's probably easier. Uh, it probably is, because uh, it's no surprise that whilst our last correspondent was in Australia, this man is from North Hertfordshire. <laughs> it's Hume. What? Uh, well, it's not the most... Um, Sexy place? Yeah, it's a little bit frigid, North Hertfordshire. I was convinced really? this was going to be from your girlfriend. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> she is from North Hertfordshire. Uh, it's from... Uh, you've, you've said too much. Uh, it's from Hugh, who says, uh, I've been going through a period of imposed celibacy recently. 
recently due to my wife and I separating. Very sorry to hear that. Yes, but that got me thinking about priests and monks and the like and their vow of celibacy. So Helen, answer me this. Is there an actual vow? Yeah, there are loads of vows because there are monks and priests in many different religions and the vows do vary, but the essential tenets seem to be celibacy, um, obedience and poverty. And all of those are with the common aim, I suppose, of forsaking earthly possessions Mm. and earthly concerns and fleshly desires so that you can devote yourself entirely to God and almost sublimate the physical element by simplifying it as much as possible and concerning yourself with it as little as possible. Mm. I was interested to read, though, that Tibetan monks have to make uh, 253 vows, uh, which includes that they're not allowed to climb a tree above a man's height, they're not allowed to tickle another monk. Wow. <laughs> They're not allowed to play in water. They're not allowed to try and scare the other monks. It's interesting. Some of these vows have definitely come about through experience, haven't they? These yes. aren't ones that you'd plan. Clearly, like, one time the Dalai Lama jumped out and went, boo! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Hugh from North Hertfordshire does have one further question on this matter. Mm. Uh, he says, I know that uh, the vow of chastity is supposed to stop them fornicating with other people, but does it also stop them self-pleasuring? Yes, it's a vow of chastity, yes. They're not supposed to commit sins of the flesh and self-pleasuring would be a sin of the flesh. It's difficult though, isn't it? Like if you, if you completely refrain from touching yourself or, or, or anyone else touching you, you'd, you'd probably get a boner just walking down the street. Do you know what I mean? Not if you're a time. monk and you're mm. wearing a big brown dress. If and... you're a young monk... If you're like a 20-year-old monk... Yeah, but the thing is, if you're a 20-year-old monk, you've probably spent several years in seminaries beforehand preparing for it. Your, your sex drive will have been destroyed when you're a teenager. <laughs> Maybe. It's just not for you, Ollie. No. Let's, let's just face it. It's not for you. Which is a shame, because I did one of those job opportunity tests at the job centre, and it was number one. People always ask one what one does for fun. Well... One enjoys watching Gok One and a fish called Wonder. One is also partial to One Direction and The Wanted and the short-lived Billy Corgan Bands One. The answer me this, Jubilee. One hour of Her Majesty's Pleasure. Available now on iTunes. question from Nick from Colorado who says I found on the internet a photo of a lady putting an erect elephant penis into herself. <laughs> Ollie answer me this please. Could people who participate in bestiality be arrested? Yes. Of course they could. In, mm. in, in UK law I'm, I'm pleased to say is one of the most specific in the world on this matter. Oh good. Um, it actually says specifically that the penetration of a human being by the penis of an animal is prohibited and the penetration of an animal by a human's penis is prohibited. Right. It's covered both bases that most people's imaginations would stretch to. What about the Richard Gere thing of a whole hamster up the bum? I suppose the hamster's got the penis on it, so... Lawyers, if you're listening, she was referring to Richard Gere purely in popular mythology. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the Richard Gere problem. Yes. Uh, what about it? Yeah, that would definitely be wrong. But that, that, It's I mean, not a penis, that's I appreciate it's a whole animal. You yeah. see, it could be a female hamster with no penis. Well, the thing is, I mean, there are some vagaries around this. Um, having said that it became a specific offence... Here's a shocking fact. Guess when it became a specific event. Oh, probably 1990 or something. 1994. Oh, oh man. That's the year I got Bermitzford. Your Bar Mitzvah party really brought in a lot of legislation, <laughs> didn't it? I told my parents they shouldn't have gone with the London Zoo theme. But, but in Colorado, the laws could be different. Yes. Well, in the US, it's all done under animal cruelty legislation. So they don't actually, of course, it's different state by state, but they don't actually have bestiality laws generally. They just do it all under animal cruelty. But there is then the complication that the judge or the jury actually have to conclude that the animal 
didn't was, enjoy it. Yeah. Which is problematic, because oh, right. you weren't there. But then how can you prove that the animal did enjoy it? Well, exactly. And I don't think anyone has made that argument. It's an embarrassing argument to stand up and make in a court. Yeah, well, and also it's kind of like, for example, I mean, people wank off animals for breeding, don't they, all the time? So in that scenario, where apparently the human being isn't taking pleasure from it, is that animal abuse? But there are some countries where you're allowed to marry animals, and therefore I'd assume the marriage contains sexual contact. But they're probably countries where they treat women like animals that are not capable of acquiescing or disagreeing. Well, I'm pleased to say that the Jews have always been against it, Helen. Uh, Accursed is one who lies with any animal, and the entire people shall say, Amen. I can't imagine the entire (laughs) people would really feel very comfortable discussing that 3,000 years ago. it would put you off having sex with anything if there was (laughs) the entirety of the people standing around you going, Amen! Yeah. Amen! I just imagine they'd all be staring at the floor awkwardly to stay our men. Well, that's it for Answer Me This this week. We yeah. have. I think it's probably the- best we end it now. Yeah, been quite smutty this episode. <laughs> really uh, but uh, listeners, please send us questions for next week's episode. And uh, you can find our Skype and email address and telephone number on our website, answermethispodcast.com. Where you can also find links to our Facebook group and Twitter. And you can also find links to our app as well for iPhone and for Android, which you get free exclusive content every week. Every week, all the stuff that was too good to put in the show (laughs) is just for you. The real choice morsels. (laughs) If we put it in this show, it would be entertainment overload. We wouldn't want to do that to you good people. That's quite a serious condition, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's it right. affects up to 13% of adults Every year, 200 people die of entertainment overload But in any case, uh, yeah, our podcast is free And there's lots of free episodes on our website Including next week's one, which will be out on Thursday So we'll see you then Bye! Bye.